0: let's see there we go hey all right what's up Troy <laughs> not much man how you doing
1: I'm doing great man Dude. I appreciate you having me on I'm, I'm excited to uh to sit down and chat with you about this stuff
0: hey this is this is awesome I've been, I've been wanting to do uh, a podcast for a long time and I, I really don't even have a clue to what I'm doing <laughs> so I, I'm glad I got an experienced warrior like yourself on there how many Dude. of these have you done
1: well, I was going to say, I actually haven't done any, I've only really? done like maybe one snippet, but I don't have much experience in podcasts, you know, Okay. a uh, l- lot of zoom calls, but not yeah. necessarily a podcast. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my athletes actually, uh, got me, you know, a tech guy that, uh, was like, yeah, you can do it off a zoom call and I'll do this and that just, you know, go ahead and do one and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll figure it all out for you later. So I'm like, all right, well,
1: <laughs> sweet. Yeah. yeah right. I, uh, I've, I've definitely thought about it, though, because, you know, it's just it's nice to be able to have a whole conversation about it because um, right. things come up in conversation that don't come up when you're just talking to a screen yourself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I hear so that. that. That's the beautiful part about it, for sure. Everything's just exploding right now
0: to this whole, you know, the during the pandemic, it's kind of forced, you know, us to become different people like I've I sat around for three months, you know, just crying and complaining that I couldn't train any athletes and you know I I literally had nowhere to go like I couldn't go to a gym I couldn't go to a track I couldn't do anything so we were going to like local parks and taking cones with us and doing drills you know and you know the few dedicated you know athletes that I had and uh then I you know once school let out I was even worse I'm sitting around the whole summer with nothing to do you know and just right like, what can i do to redeem this time you know and i toyed with the idea last summer and i downloaded a podcast thing by myself and i'm trying it out and i could you know i'm a dinosaur with this stuff it's <laughs> like i'm one of those old guys that can't get anything to work you know i'm like my mom you know she can't even figure out her phone still and i'm like god i'm not really that far removed from my mom i can't figure this stuff out so
1: hey yeah. either either way you made it happen you know Found a way to learn. Hey,
0: it. you know what? Uh, God is good that way, man. I'm. I don't. Uh, I, it just seems like things just keep coming up, you know. And uh, it was just. I keep talking about what I want to do, and then eventually somebody will hear that and go, "I, I got to help this guy out because I don't want to hear him anymore." <laughs> you know, complaining. Exactly. About not getting it going, you know. So. Yeah, um,
1: speaking it, speaking into existence. That's right? what I say. If you don't, if you don't put it out there, nobody's gonna help you. You know.
0: Well, uh, hey, uh, I want to make sure that uh, we do our, our uh, shameless plugs, you know, for our businesses. So um, I figured I'd, I'd start with you because I don't, I really, I um, uh, came into, um, for those of you out there listening to this podcast, which I'm hoping there'll be more than one, um, we, uh, I'm, I'm talking with uh, Aaron, how do I, how do you pronounce your last name? Washa. Washa.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: I, I saw the, your site the first time, the wax on, wax off. And I was like, oh, that's Karate Kid, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and uh, the, the first notice that I had of Aaron on uh, his, his Instagram site was, uh, it popped up on my feed. I can't remember why. It was probably one of the hashtags, right? Uh, and it was a, a standing, well, you were moving into it, but it was a, yeah. a real aggressive running two-footed, six-foot box jump which I've, I've been watching a lot of guys jump, you know, I'm a jump coach and trainer, and I'm, I'm constantly watching these, you know, young kids do this stuff. And I was just like, wow, six feet. You know, that's just, Phew. and you're, you're only what six. Are you
1: even six feet yourself? Yeah, I'm about six two. six, two. <laughs> yeah. That's just
0: unreal. And, uh, that led, uh, we actually got a little dialogue going. I, I think I messaged you and asked you a couple questions and, and Aaron was gracious enough to reply and, and start talking about training and uh, some, some really interesting stuff that, 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 he was working on. So that's kind of how I met him. We can go into more detail on that. Um, first of all, Aaron, I, I saw the number call was from Michigan. So why don't you tell everybody where you're from?
1: Yeah. So uh, born and raised in Michigan. Uh, I actually, Uh, And I'm, I'm 20. I just turned 29 yesterday, actually. Yesterday was my birthday. So uh, yeah. Wow. Happy birthday. (laughs) I appreciate that, (laughs) man. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, about three months ago, my girlfriend and I moved out to Colorado Springs. So uh, we love it out here. Colorado Springs is awesome. And it's, uh, if you know anything about Michigan, it's Colorado is especially better for training. Um, Sure. The weather's a little nicer and I'm able to be outside a lot more, hit the field. Right. You know, all that good stuff. So that's where I'm from.
0: Okay. So from Michigan, so does that make you like Michigan, Michigan State? Where do you stand on the whole rivalry and, and all that?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Spartan. I, uh, I went okay. to Michigan State. So, you know, got it, yeah. got a roll with my Spartans.
0: Magic Johnson, uh, geez, when I was a kid, watched Magic got drafted right after he beat Bird. Got drafted by the Lakers and took the Lakers to a championship. It's like, Bing, Bing, and nobody oh, yeah. knew who he was before the NC Twenty tournament that year. It's like, Who's this six-nine point guard? Like, it's crazy, <laughs> and yeah, crazy stuff. Um, so Michigan, Michigan, say, what do you think about? I'm sure you're just la- loving having Harbaugh there.
1: <laughs> Michigan. At Michigan. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm surprised he's still around, honestly. But uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Hey. We're, I can't say too much though. The Spartans have been, the Spartans have had it down past couple of years yeah. as well, but uh, yeah, you know, I love the rivalry. So I'm glad he's there. Cause every, you know, your Michigan fans, they love, they love Harbaugh. So oh, God, it's always a sweeter God. win.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. um So you're, you're from Michigan. Then you went to high school and college in Michigan also?
1: Where'd you Yeah. Go? Went to, went to high school, went to Michigan state, was probably about an hour away from my hometown. So, Okay. Went to Michigan State for kinesiology, which is exercise science, for those of you who aren't familiar. Um, nice. And yeah, kind of took that route. Wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do in college. Thought, thought about the physical therapy route. Um, I was, and then, you know, I, I ended up taking a strength and conditioning class. And that's kind of what turned me on to the whole sports performance side of things. Because okay. I was always an athlete. And then, um, you know, when this, he, I think he was like a graduate assistant who was teaching this class. Uh, within Michigan State and he just kind of opened my eyes up to how much potential I was leaving on the table because of my mobility like I was so inflexible at the time my mobility um, and then just just basic not basic concepts but he turned to me on. he turned me on to uh, some techniques that I still use to this day so I'm always forever grateful for him Um, yeah so that's kind of where it all started and then uh, uh, yeah go ahead no, I'll just say, yeah. And then uh, after college, I became a strength conditioning coach at a high school. Did that for two years. Um, I was also, you know, coaching football, surrounded by football. All the, I coached, right. uh, strength trained all the teams. And then, you know, I uh, didn't want to, so I didn't play college football at Michigan State. Um, I just went to school there. I was kind of a late bloomer out of high school. So I grew, put on some inches in college and put on some weight. And uh, yeah, so anyways, after the fact, I decided to go back and play professional football. Uh, Let's see, two years out of college, and ended up in the the AFL, the Arena Football League, playing for the Philadelphia Soul.
0: That's an amazing story, Aaron. Um, Did you? So you played high school football. Did you do anything else besides football?
1: Yeah, I I was a three sport athlete in high school: uh, football, basketball, and then I was a long jumper in high school. Okay, uh, long jumper and high jumper in high school but only for my senior year I joined track and field my senior year so right uh,
0: so football is your first love
1: yeah football was my first love basketball was right there with it but you know football kind of trumped right took over basketball after a certain point so you
0: played high school football but you then you didn't pursue an athletic career in college at all no
1: I I didn't really no you know I, I don't I wouldn't say it's a regret because everything turned out all right but uh you know I often wonder why at least once I kind of hit my growth spurt and put on some weight like excuse me I should have been I should have been doing something right you know <laughs> yeah I wish I would have tried to walk onto the football team or at least you know I had a pretty good year in track and field my senior year so right possibly could have pursued that admission as well but
0: what was the the long jump and high jump marks you had that one year your senior
1: year so the high, the highest I had was six five on the high jump, okay. and then um, twenty two feet four inches on the long jump.
0: Nice. Either those yeah. get you to, to state to the state finals.
1: They did. Yeah, I actually. Uh, that this is one thing I lost the state finals. So me and the guy we tied at I think it was like twenty two feet even. Right. Um. So it, I, that was my last jump. I hit twenty two. So they went to. They didn't let us do like a jump off. They went to our second furthest second jump. Mark. Yeah. And his was a half inch further than Ugh. mine. Yeah. Oh my god, it ate yeah. me up, Joy. Because uh, I'm a I'm a competitor, so like right. I had a chance. I had a chance to win states, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but, wow, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: So, all right. So we we got you playing high school sports, then you go to Michigan State, and you get your degree in kinesiology. Which, uh, as Aaron was saying earlier, to those of you out there that may or may not know, um, I also went. Uh, to college at UCLA and had the same degree. I got a, a kinesiology, a bachelor of science in kinesiology, which they no longer offer at the school. Oh. Um, and then I actually uh, pursued a uh, uh, you know, master's degree in kinesiology at Cal State Long Beach, which was a very good program there. I think they still have it. Um, and most of the time when people hear that, they're like, "What? what's kinesiology? <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, I
1: heard <laughs> right. that word,
0: but they don't know what it means. And uh, when I was, I'm a lot younger than Aaron, so um, I was saying you're you're at 29 now. I, 29, I'm actually 29 yeah. too. I've been 29 for like 28 years. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I like that age. Um, right before you get into the 30s, where you're still young enough to feel young and you don't feel like you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the uh, the kinesiology degree was like uh, for trainers. It was either you were going to be a, an athletic trainer, meaning not not a conditioning coach or strength, but like the guys that, that tape ankles and do that kind of exactly. Stuff, which when I was at UCLA, that was a big, you know, a big deal. When I walked into the training room the first time, literally the athletic training room, it was a well-oiled machine. I mean, there was people going all over the place. You get yourself taped up. You had an ice whirlpool. You had this, you had that. And yet you walk in, there's a freshman and this real gruff old guy. I, I can't remember his name right now. I really should, but he was, uh, you know, one of those barkers that was really had a heart of gold, but he would be like, what do you want it? You know, what do you, like, uh, <laughs> could I get my shins taped, you know, please. <laughs> and it's like, go over there, you know? So, uh, but that, that was kind of an awakening to that, but I really didn't want to do that. You know, I wanted to do, uh, I was a high jumper and I wanted to learn anything and everything that I possibly could to be a better high jumper. And, um, you know, so that was the thing with me. I loved anything to do with biomechanics. Um, you know, uh, we had a neuromuscular anatomy class, you know, neuromuscular physiology, and this is again, early eighties. So this is pretty early in the whole deal. Now I'm sure, uh, you know, as you went through your program in Michigan state, they probably had a lot more options for you to pursue in kinesiology.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, like, like you said, it was, it was going to be like biomechanics or cardiac rehab or physical therapy or occupational therapy. And, um, and then there was the strength conditioning side of thing, uh, side of things, a specialization in that. And as soon as, like I said, as soon as I took that class, it was a no brainer because obviously I've always been athletic. I've been a leaper and focusing on my vertical jump was just always, you know, when you're in high school, you, you play basketball, you want to be able to to throw it down and dunk and just jumping, um, Jumping is always like a status thing. People look at it with awe. You know what I mean? Right. And so, so yeah, that's when I when I was like, man, I could increase my vertical and, and just learn to be a better athlete because it's just been a passion of mine. Um, right. So, but yeah, yeah, they they there was there was limited options. I would say there's still limited options. It was like yeah. a lot of people with kinesiology degrees just end up being your average personal trainer, which there's nothing wrong with that. But right. um, you know, <laughs> not
0: that there's anything wrong with it.
1: <laughs> there, there's like not. a the Seinfeld, Seinfeld. you. Yeah, gotcha. So you could not even go to get a degree, and be a personal trainer. So it's like, if you, you know, go into a D1 Michigan state, there's probably Mm -hmm. want to do something else with it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So
0: I hear you. I, I didn't do anything with mine, you know, for the longest time. Uh, you know, when I got out of college, I, I started coaching junior college almost right away. And, uh, you know, as far as getting a real job, you know, I mean, a coaching stipend for $2,500 isn't a real job, but uh, yeah, that was the <laughs> yeah. first job that I got and it was a steady one because they wanted me back every year. Uh, but, you know, as far as getting a real job, like I'm a, a high school teacher, um, I didn't have anything in mind like that. You know, I, I put all my eggs in the, I want to be a great athlete and go to the Olympics basket, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that one didn't pan out, of course, so <laughs> I, I pursued it till I was 28. You know, we're kind of on these similar life paths. I, I I tried till I was twenty-eight and then I said, Well, after the trials in ninety-two, which I didn't even qualify for the trials. I was training to try to make it to the trials. And I finally said, You know, I guess I'm done. I'm 28. I, I can't jump any higher, you know, than I did when I was a, a senior in college. So I guess this is time to get a real job <laughs> and and find something yeah. to do it. And I I didn't find anything in, in my degree. I had to go and and get a teaching credential and, and do that. So um I, I kind of wish I'd have had a different, you know, the experience and, and looking back on it and saying, hey, maybe it would have been, you know, but, eh, you know, things work out. Um, they do. They always yeah. do. So I, I was looking at your site and um, uh, it's, it struck me how busy you are. And uh, aside from showing your own personal exploits and jumping and, and that kind of stuff, I was looking at the list and I saw, you know, yeah, your books that you recommend for other people you know, when they look at you and they're like, wow, I wonder what motivates this guy. So you, this is the first time I've ever seen this on a site and I kind of liked it. So I, I was looking, I was doing my homework on Aaron, okay. everybody. So I wanted to know what was making Aaron tick. So, um, on his website, you know, on the little, this is on, when I say website, I'm sorry, this is his Instagram, uh, where I, where I started following him. Um, and I had this listed as one of my questions. Did you, uh, are you, how many platforms are you on other than, Instagram
1: uh yeah pretty much just Facebook and Instagram honestly um you know I have a I've had a website in the works it's not quite completed yet uh at some point you know I would like to but um yeah and then I would and then I would be on three with the website but yeah Instagram is kind of the hot spot these days everybody goes there to to find information and that's just that's like the platform of choice for a lot of people
0: well, I tell you what, it's, it's been amazing for me in that in the last two years, since I started it, I've gone and, and just seen so many training things like, you know, what all, what I've learned in a, it's take, I'm one of those slow lesson learners, but when I get it, I get it, you know, following the hashtags, following other trainers, following the jumpers, you know, uh, so if a kid shows any interest, you know, I, I sometimes I'll if I have a spare moment, I'll look through and see who's liked my stuff. Right. And you look through yep. it. Oh, and I, I see a name, somebody blah, 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 j- high jump or something. So I look and invariably there's a high jump video. So I'll say, Hey, you want me to post your video on my site? And so many kids are just like, Oh, that'd be great. You know, and get a little bio and show their stuff. And then invariably you'll see coaches come along or a trainer or a recruiter. I mean, I, I was blown away last year after showing this one kid up North, he jumped six, eight, up in um santa rosa he ended up getting a scholarship somewhere you know he called within a couple days he said hey i got saw seen by your thing and i got a scholarship to this place and i was like how great is that you know just out of nowhere (laughs) and then so i've been following you know trainers and coaches not just in the us but around the world and so i'm you're finally getting the curtain i feel like i'm in the wizard of oz you know the curtain's getting peeled back i'm starting to see training from lithuania from russia from france from and i'm you know we're always wondering i don't know if it's just me but i'm like hey if these guys are kicking our butts what are they doing that we're not you know i'm i'm a high jumper and you know for those of you that don't know the, the u.s record is uh seven ten and a half i believe by uh, charles austin who won the olympics a few years back but we don't own the world record which we used to um a lot like the high jump or i'm sorry the um Decathlon used to be an American event, man, in the 50s, all the way up through Bruce Jenner, now Caitlin Jenner, but Bruce Jenner in 1976. When I was a 12 year old kid, I remember watching Bruce Jenner win the Olympics in Montreal, and it had long been an American event. You know, Rafer Johnson, who just passed, UCLA great, you know, he won it in 1960, and his teammate took the silver, you know, CK Yang, you know, um, at, at UCLA also. And, um, you know, just this long tradition. And then since 1976, not so much. We had the Dan and Dave years. That was like one shot, and neither of them won it. Um, and the high jump has left, you know, the U.S. gold. Like I said, Charles Austin got it recently, but as far as the world record goes, there hasn't been anybody holding that from the U.S. And I've been the, one of those guys going, okay, wait a minute. You know, if you watch basketball or volleyball, and you see these guys jumping out of the building, I'm like, how come How come we don't have the world record, you know? I know. It's pretty amazing. And then I'm watching you do a six-foot box jump, and I'm thinking, man, we got to get, you know, this sounds like a crazy idea, okay? But I want to get together. I guess you can't call it a task force or anything, but just like uh, a group think or a thing and go, okay, hey, let's find someone. Kind of like the million-dollar arm thing, right? That movie that they made about living in another country for this kid let's find someone who's the perfect body type, the perfect this, but isn't already lost to the world of basketball and everything else. Cause let's be honest, you can't make any money high jumping, or you can make a little bit of money playing volleyball. When I was a kid, you could make a lot of money playing beach volleyball. Uh, and, you know, I still don't know how well our athletes do when they win every four years, because, you know, if you're going to make any money on the Olympics, it's Every four years, and you better be a gold medal winner, because exactly we're not going to ask you to make a commercial if you didn't win.
1: Yeah, that's window. window.
0: Way. <laughs> it's a tiny sure. window, man. Right after you win, you're the hot ticket, and then if you don't get a some kind of a gig, you know, like being on the Wheaties box, like Bruce Jenner, you know, and even then, as great as those guys are, they just disappear
1: because they do.
0: They don't get seen on TV every week like the regular sports.
1: You know? Right. Besides, like your. You're Usain Bolt. You know, he's a guy who's going to just always be there, but there's so few and far in between in the track and field. I mean, like if you asked me to name a a handful of names, I, I probably couldn't. You know, it's like right. Usain Bolt. Um, granted, you know, I don't follow it too much, like the, the sprinting right. and stuff. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. You got to have sponsorships or it's tough to make money. It's tough.
0: Well, here we are. Yeah. We're both trying to make money. Right. So <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're taking the the long, hard road there with, um, so let's talk about that. How's your, um, your career going? I saw a couple clips of you playing in the arena league. I mean, how did that even go after not playing college ball? How did, how did you do that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, obviously I, uh, my, we'll start with my internship. So I, I get out of college, I go do an internship uh, with a strength conditioning coach at a small college, get into that high school. Um, and, you know, our insecurities drive us a lot. So it's, you know, I was kind of skinnier coming out of high school. I, I was always, you know, a, a lean guy, but I'm like, man, I can't let these high school kids see me. You know, I was a relatively young guy. It's my first job at a high school. I'm only I'm 20. Let's see, 22, just getting out of college. Right, right. So I started working out like a fiend. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where it all started, right there at that high school. Um, and then as I continued to get, I, I was always very explosive. You know, a jumper, pretty fast. So as I started getting uh, filling out, one of my mentors, who was also one of my, he was my former basketball coach in high school. He uh, he's like, man, why don't you give it a try? Like, why don't you at least give it a try, and not have any regrets? And I. I had already been thinking about it. So just kind of a nice little push from him was like, you know what? Life's too short. I don't want to have any regrets. I think I can do this. At the same time, I realized I was behind the ball. I didn't have four years of college experience as a receiver. So um, in short, I just became obsessed with, I became obsessed with football, uh, running routes, getting better, watching YouTube videos. And then like, I'd always been, uh, you know, relatively obsessed with the, the sports performance side. So how to become a better athlete. So when I put those two together, it's, uh, when I, I went to an open tryout for the Philadelphia soul, just on a whim drove from Michigan to, to Philadelphia. And I stood out and I think my athleticism was definitely a big reason that I did stand out, you know, uh, went in, ran a four, four, six in the 40, had a good short shuttle and just caught every ball. So, that's where it all happened, man. It, it's, it's kind of a long story, how that, how that played out too, because I ended up pulling my hamstring my first year um, in training camp and I ended up getting, while my hamstring was pulled, they were going to bring me back. And then all of a sudden I got a, like a crazy MRSA infection oh, in my hand. Wow. Like, you know where your calluses yeah. are from, cause I was lifting all the time cause I wasn't right. out on the field, got an infection, had to get surgery and then I got cut. So long story, super short. I had my little montage. I I went away. I went back to Michigan. I was, you know, really determined to come back and play and I was doing two a days for like three, four months straight came back the next year. And that's, that's really when I had my breakout season and, you know, kind of got myself on the map. Wow. So that's, yeah,
0: I tell you, that's, uh, that's my favorite thing is, is stories like this. Like, um, you know, I, I, I play golf. And every year, you know, one, one of my favorite tournaments is the U.S. Open because you anybody can go and qualify for the U.S. Open. You can go yeah. to your local regional thing and pay your money. And even if you shoot 95 both days, you can put your name down and say, I went to that, you know, and then so they have certain handicap requirements. But basically, if you get low enough, you can go. And then if you shoot well enough, you can be playing on on, you know, Saturday or Sunday with one of the guys on the tour and they can tell these stories and go, yeah, this guy was a former, you know, uh, basket weaver from, you know, Omaha Trade Tech State. And uh, he's out here. He looks like he's got about a nine iron, you know? And it's like the whole, <laughs> the whole thing is this great story of perseverance. And I just wanna try this and, you know, the odds are against me, but, you know, and there's always a story like that every year. You know, there's somebody that makes it through that's amazing. So the fact that you were able to not play college ball and then go through one year where you had, you know, get a, a major injury. I mean, a lot of people, you know, might've hung it up there. Right. <laughs> Said, yeah. All right. This isn't for me. You know, I, I, tried, I gave it the good old college try, but it, it seems like the, everything stacked against me, but uh, man, you kept going. And uh, so how many years have you played at, in this league now?
1: So, yeah, it was uh 20, 2018 was my first year after coming back from 2017 and then at 2019 was the last year before COVID. And then obviously because of COVID only the NFL had a season last year. Now, uh, I did go to some combines over the summer. So I was hoping for something to pan out, whether the NFL or CFL, but like I said, CFL didn't have a season NFL drastically cut their numbers. They weren't, it wasn't the year for them to take chances on anybody. Right. Right. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm still pursuing it. I mean, I'm 29 now, but, uh, my body feels better than ever. And I, you know, just, I've put a lot of work into that yeah. and it's probably going to be one last push this year. So I have a, I actually have a workout coming up May 22nd fairly soon in Houston. Okay. So, uh, now it's very limited. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Confirm. I would say very limited opportunities this year when it comes to free mm-hmm. agents, you know, getting in front of scouts or getting eyes on them. So right. it's right. You know, I got to show up and perform on this <laughs> <Right>. one. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: this is a long, obviously the AFL wasn't, isn't the dream. You want to go and, and play in, in the NFL.
1: Exactly. So. Yeah. The AFL was just a means to an end because not playing college football, what do you have to show? Everybody thinks it's as easy as like going into a open tryout, but the NFL doesn't really have open tryouts. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very selective. So right, I had to right. build up, I had to build up a resume somewhere. So I, thankfully I was able to, to get a shot in the AFL and, um, Yeah. And and make a name for myself.
0: Well, the scouts, the scouts are out there, right? I mean, you know, I learned, I started learning that, you know, after my career at UCLA was over and I started coaching when I would get to uh, my first year, we went, when I was at Orange Coast College here in in Southern California, we went to the state finals and uh, you know, I I have uh, one girl high jumper and another uh, heptathlete that are in the finals and um, which I was like blown away I, I'm just like wow I didn't know that it could work like that um hadn't really thought it, that I could get that far with them and uh lo and behold I'm sitting up in the stands and here come walking up into the stands are some of the UCLA coaches that were my coaches I'm like hey <laughs> <laughs> hey Steve Lang how you doing he's my high jump coach hey Bob Larson wow head coach wow what are you guys doing here oh well yeah obviously they're there to watch state finals and you know try to recruit. So. You know, you're at that level. And then, gosh, in football, you've got, you know, the Arena Football League. And then you've got, you know, those same scouts, like you said, if, you, if you're tearing it up up north in the Canadian Football League, they're going to see you. Yeah. You're over in NFL Europe or, you know, all the other different from the defunct leagues that only lasted what we had one league a couple years ago last like three games. Another NFL, yeah. game right? The Vince McMahon. Yeah. So, but this, I guarantee the scouts are there, right? Because, You're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry and turnover is incredible because, you know, human resources, what, the average life of the NFL player is way less than five years from what I way less depends on the position, of
1: course, but exactly. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. It's uh, like I said, even in, in track and, in track and field, it might even be more limited positions. Like you get to, you get to the elite level and it's tight. Like you got to, as you know, like you were going to the, you know, you were trying to qualify for the trials. It's, it's the best yeah. of the best out there. So yeah. they're not playing around. No, it's, it's
0: amazing too. And, you know, we're, uh, I, I think we can get away with this because it's my podcast. So, um, but you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, the, the training is amazing too. I mean, back in the day, you know, I, I know for a fact that steroids were, were rampant and still are. I mean, everybody can talk. <laughs> ad nauseum about whatever yeah. and, and the testing that's here in this and that but it's like okay I just want you to know we're talking about entertainment and and mega millions of dollars and so the temptation is there and so you know people are going to do that now you know I I was accused of doing that and, and it's funny because I was like you I was a 6 380 pound you know string bean in my eyes I was, I was string bean I, I remember when people would say something to me like you're skinny I always hated that word because skinny yeah. in my mind was skinny equaled weak. And I'm like, okay, I'm 6'3", 180, but I'm benching 240 and I'm, you know, squatting. I think i only squatting like 220 in high school, but I was like, I'm at least doing my own body weight. You know, I played free safety in football and I was, I wasn't particularly fast, but I could jump, you know? And, um, I just realized when, it, when I got to UCLA, I walked into weight room. It was 1982. I graduated in 82. So it was fall of 82. I saw some of the biggest, people I have ever seen in my life when I walked into that weight room because our, our high school weight room was nothing this is the early 80s we had one universal machine and one squat rack I remember and a dip bar and that was about it in our yeah. weight room yeah. and, and we started lifting we did most of our lifting at home so you know the school was no great thing when I walked into UCLA's weight room it was like this mecca you know 15 power racks and Cybex equipment everywhere and you know, four complete racks of dumbbells that went from five to 150, right? Wow. I walked in and there's a, a linebacker that I knew that was was ready for draft. And this guy walks up and picks up two 150 pound dumbbells like they're nothing and starts doing <laughs> incline bench like this, wow. I'm just doing reps, right? And I'm just like looking at him going, and it's, you know, my legs, <laughs> the big part of my leg was <laughs> was like his forearm, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is one of the biggest people I've ever seen. So you start to realize quickly, you know, it's like, okay, people just don't get that big, you know, and uh, the training table is real. You know, they're eating five plates of food and, you know, you know that stuff there and I, we should get you talking about it. Um, let's see, where else do we we go along? I wanted to talk with you about that because the the interesting thing is you're still having your athletic career and you're giving it your best shot and all those things, which is awesome. I love it. And then you've got this other side of you that is, also having already been in a, a strength and, you know, a, you were the strength conditioning coach right away, right? You said as a 22 year old. So I understand that the motivation to work out is probably like, I got to represent, right? You can't, you can't exactly. be a strength and conditioning coach and be like, you know, so, so you stepped up a couple levels and you're like, that's right. I'm a strength and conditioning coach. And <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of things that you learned along the way there, you know, um, trial and error and whatnot. Um, what is it? Is that something that you think you would pursue once you know, to a different degree once your career is over in the NFL?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's my business now. I still, I still do online personal training. I I prefer to work with the athletes. I'm very a sports performance guy just because it's, that's the harder stuff to learn. You know, everybody can learn how to do air squats and all that stuff. But when you're really, you're talking about fine tuning an athlete, um, that's what I've done to myself. Uh, and that, that's, there's no better feeling than helping a, helping a younger guy or younger athlete to not only be injury free, but to just maximize their athleticism. Cause everybody's, you know, there's a genetic factor. Let's be real. We, we both know that, but right. like you said, it, it'd be nice to get a guy and just, he'd be like a test dummy. Like how, how much can we improve this guy? Right. But yeah, lo, lo, long story short. Yes. I, I definitely want to pursue, uh, you know, I'll continue to have my business, but I think at some point I'm going to really specialize in the sports performance world Uh, whether it's with college pro high school that's just that's what I like to do
0: well you mentioned Colorado Springs is there any uh impetus there to get involved with the U.S. Olympic Training Center
1: yeah you know maybe um that would be a dream come true you'd be working with the the best of the best athletes right Uh, it's just the the credentials i don't know exactly what credentials they're looking for you know right. um I'm, I'm sure it's pretty strict like i don't know if you need a doctorate or what but right right you know way, yeah, to, that's, yeah
0: that's that's interesting are, are you um now you're you've got a bachelor of science in kinesiology have you got any other degrees you got a master's or any uh any uh, further
1: chasing? no so yeah just just the uh just the bachelor's in kinesiology and then you know, right out of college to become the strength coach. I got my CSCS certified strength conditioning specialist. Um, but I'm going to tell you what, Troy, it's like, there's so much, there's so much to learn outside of just the textbook, which I know, you know, this, but times are changing, man. And I don't know that the textbooks, uh, I don't know that the textbooks are changing with the times because, The, the stuff I've learned that I've felt the most difference. I'm, I'm a guy who i am really in tune with my body. I listen to my body. So, you know, that's, as you get to the elite levels, you have to pay attention to the small things. Like, you know, what sensations am I feeling? Like we kind of talked about this on the phone last time, but uh, you know, where am I collapse, collapsing, not staying lengthened where are my muscles not activated. And right. There's just, a, there's a lot of other resources. And I, I like to take, a little bit from each person and just add a tool to my toolbox, add a tool to my toolbox. And before you know it, I've just, you know, I didn't even realize I was, I was absorbing that much information until, right. you know, I kind of, when I talk about it or I put it to use on myself, I'm like, man, I, every person that came into my life or book that came into my life was there for a reason. So right. it's uh, been cool.
0: Well, now I'm going to mention one that, that you, you brought up with me and, um, you know, Those of you that are out there, Aaron and I are, I'm almost twice as old as he is now. So he's talking about the textbooks, you know, the stuff that I was learning at UCLA was, um, a lot of it was theoretical at the time. Uh, The stuff that was quantifiable for me were vectors and angles and stuff like that in biomechanics and forces applied to force plates and this and that. And and fascinating and and all has, you know, I think everybody loves those shows like the, the ESPN one where they show, you know, the angle of the ball and when somebody hits it and how far it goes and the forces that are generated and all that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I really like too. And then there's the other side of it, which is, you know, how do I get muscle to contract faster? How do I get faster? How do I jump higher? How do I get stronger? You know, all these things. And um, what's the best way to do that? Because, you know, two people could, could do completely different methods and have different types of of results and yet both of their athletes can improve right so from the my standpoint i'm looking at it going okay i want to pick the very best possible thing and it, it sounds like we've both been in the the lab of the human uh experiment lab with ourselves <laughs> you know you
1: exactly you get all that
0: stuff on yourself you know i when i got to ucla i had a couple of great teammates that were um uh i'll throw out the names because i want to get them on this podcast eventually uh Dell Davis, who was a seven seven and a quarter jumper, he jumped seven cool. seven and a quarter of my senior year in high school. I read about him in Sports Illustrated, and they mentioned his coach Bob Larson. Now they had another guy at the school named Lee Balkin who ended up jumping seven six or seven seven, who still holds the state meet record in California of seven three in high school. Um, I think wow. somebody jumped higher overall, but not at the state meet. And then uh, he was at UCLA great. They're one and two or one and three on the all-time list, and they were my teammates. When I got there, I was number seven or 10 on the depth chart. I had to walk onto the team, even though I was a CIF champion in California and went to the state meet. That was like, okay, yeah. So what have you done for us lately? You're, you've only jumped 6'10". We've got like seven guys have jumped higher than you. So I was like, okay. And when I get there, I meet Bob Larson. He goes, hi, huh, I'm Bob Larson. I'm the high jump coach. He goes, I'm just gonna tell you right now, I do not know anything about the high jump. And I'm like, wait, what? like dell davis jumped seven seven you got lee balkan jumping seven three and and you don't know anything about the hygiene no i don't know anything about the hygiene at all he goes you're gonna be working with dell and lee well that turned out to be both good and bad you know they they were fantastic you know they're just like but they didn't have a coach so we we're just trying all kinds of crazy stuff i mean we did so much. I, mean, I remember the workouts where we're jumping up and down the, the bleachers, and, you know, in, in Drake Stadium, and then we'd go over to Jan steps. And we're trying to do jump eight steps or nine steps from a two, you know, just crazy stuff and and high volumes, you know, where I'm surprised I didn't, you know, have shin splints in both legs and, and you know, patellar tendonitis earlier than I did. And, um, you know, all these crazy things were just, kind of tr- it was the lab even then you know and then they were telling me hey you gotta you gotta get the weight room. we gotta do squats we had you know hang cleans and and all this stuff and i'm like okay yeah I get." and i start doing that and as i do that i go from 63 180 the skinny kid in high school to 63 195 i put on 15 Dang. pounds which was wow. great kind of but i was heavy <laughs> now. for a high jumper 195 pounds is not very light you know and dell was six three six two maybe like a buck 50 or buck 60 and oh wow and lee's like six four one sixty maybe and lee was like a a 46 47 uh in the 400 kind of speed so they were fast and light you know and i'm i was never fast but i was you know i could always jump but i'm like my strength to weight ratio when i put on those 15 pounds kind of went the wrong way it started going yeah you know so i was like i gotta figure out a way it wasn't until I squatted over 400 pounds that I jumped over seven feet. So I had to learn the hard way about strength, weight and power and all that kind of stuff. And if I could reinvent the wheel and or go back in time, it was a better idea and say, okay, what could you do better? I'd be like, okay, I need to get stronger without putting on the weight. And that, that was another thing that, that caught my eye on your, your uh, site because I've been noticing a lot of uh, nutrition stuff that you're throwing out so uh explain to me that how that works in or you know where where you're going with
1: that yeah so um i I would say i read a lot of like biohacker books so basically just how to optimize everything in your life sleep energy uh down to the basically down to the cellular level uh so i i've dove into a lot of books that aren't even on my instagram i've got a whole i'm looking at a whole wall of them right here but Like I said, that was my obsession for, uh, still is. I just enjoy that stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, so I always had achy joints in high school. Like I would get done with a basketball game, track game. I'm icing my knees immediately. Uh, you I know. know I appreciate the choir get, there, brother. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Right? So it's like, I just thought, hey, this is something I'm going to have to deal with. So I'd get in my car, you, you know, and then you get out of your car. When you get home, you're hobbling around. Right. So it was like the, it was like that all the way through college. But I, I mean, I still maintained, I was still a leaper. You know, I've played a lot of pickup basketball, dunking it, nice. you know. So w- when I really dialed in the nutrition, I just found that the, the higher fat diet was better for me when it came to inflammation. So okay. now, I mean, I'm 29 and my knees don't hurt. My body doesn't ache. Uh, I feel like I have high, the highest energy levels I've ever had. And I can just really tell that I'm optimized. Right. Where back in college, you know, I'm eating fast food. I'm eating McDonald's. I'm eating the college pasta diet. Right. Uh, same thing in high school. So once I really uh, dialed that in, then it was just another level to how good my body feels. You know, it's my recovery was faster, I guess I would say. So how
0: how does the, the high fat go that I think most people might hear that and go, wait, if, aren't you eating a lot of fat? Aren't you just going to get fat? How does that help you with your your inflammation response?
1: Yeah. So, uh, obviously you want to do healthy fats. We're not just eating garbage fats. We're talking, you know, when you're cooking with your olive oil, your avocado oil, your coconut oil, so right. stable, stable fats, you're not, you don't want to use vegetable oil, canola oil. Those are very inflammatory oils because they basically, if you're talking about molecular bonds, their bonds are very weak. So they break apart fast and, uh, they're, you know, they're they release...
0: unsaturated, right? So unsaturated yeah. means lots of single bonds. Okay.
1: Yeah. You got it. So you don't want to eat those, but then you have other, other foods like your avocado, your grass fed meat has healthy fats in there. Um, you know, you uh, if you're getting some like raw seeds, nuts, cashews, all that good stuff. Okay. So, uh, but basically what happens over time, you, you've heard of keto, right? Yes. So I'm not a full blown keto guy. I always, I just do what feels good for my body, but when you can transition your body into burning fat as a fuel you're releasing ketones instead of, you know, carbohydrates just turn to sugar. So you're utilizing right. glucose. So right. if you want to look at it, look at it as, Hey, I have two, two uh, engines in my body. You have your fat burning engine and you have your sugar burning engine. Okay. Uh, so when you're just constantly throwing carbs and sugar and energy drinks, like you're, you're staying, you're staying in that sugar burning mode. So your body wants to run off that fuel. Right. So if you can transition it to running off of fat, and when fat gets broken down, it turns into ketones, which is where uh, keto gets its name from ketones. Okay. And ketones are another fuel for our body. And they basically, when they get burned, they're very anti inflammatory in nature, really by nature.
0: Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that. So,
1: you know, it's, uh, I think I do some things like a lot of athletes think, hey, I have to eat all day long. I just have to pack on weight, eat, 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 where, I've just found that that wasn't for me because I was inflamed. Every time you eat, your body secretes insulin. um, And if you have frequent insulin getting secreted, then you're going to have more inflammation because it's just insulin is kind of inflammatory by nature. Okay. So yeah, that was the transition and it just came from a lot of books. And uh, as an athlete, like I've been able to maintain my muscle mass and still I only eat two meals a day. I intermittent fast. So I don't eat until... Today I think I ate breakfast at one o'clock and I ate right before we got on this call. So wow. uh, I don't I don't have to stay strict to my window. Some people are very strict. I'm not. But hey, that's what's worked for me. But generally two times a day. Yeah. I haven't lost weight and
0: Okay. You haven't lost weight. You're you're maintaining your weight even though you're only eating twice a day.
1: Yeah, I mean I eat big meals, but you know, like I said, you used to hear the old like I I feel like it's a myth. you you gotta eat six meals a day if you want to lose weight whether you're losing right. weight or an athlete. Uh, now, if you're getting ready for like a big endurance event or something like that, you might have to, to eat a little bit more carbs. Sure. You know, you hear your carb loading, which some of that's been debunked a little bit, but you do need carbs as an athlete. So I'm not saying that. I just, right. uh, I limit which ones I get. Well, you uh,
0: the thing that I found that was uh, fascinating and, you know, I took these classes at, at, uh, at Cal State Long Beach and I had a guy that did, uh, you know, we went through the Krebs cycle to a degree that I never thought I would go through and, and gly- glycolysis and gluconeogenesis and all, you know, and this guy was really good it was Dr. rozinic He made it fascinating to me. Uh, the premise of the class, when he brought it up to us, he said, you know, that he said, what's the world record in the hundred meters right now. And this was back in 2005 or four. So I don't know if, if uh, bolt had broken it yet, but you know, I'm sure Carl Lewis had run the nine, you know, six, nine or nine, seven, nine or something. And he said, now, why is it that the human body can't maintain that nine, seven, nine for the whole 400 meters or even a marathon, you know, and, and we started going through and he says, what happens over time? You know, what, what fuels go in, how are they metabolized? What are the byproducts and what effects do those have? Right. So uh, we started going through that with a fine tooth comb and uh, you, you started realizing he said, well, you know, your body will burn all of your glucose that's stored in your muscle as muscle glycogen, and then you're done. That's it. So, what mm-hmm. does your body do then? You know, if you're if you continue, you're the madman at the top saying we must keep going to your body, and you're talking endurance here, obviously. But even a someone on a, a an hour long thing on the treadmill, you know, if they're operating yeah. at a high enough level, right? If they go fast enough for long enough, and they're just working away and sweating like a pig and, you know, heart rates way up there and, you know, they're done with muscle glycogen. Then it's like, what does your body do then? You know? And so, you know, you're talking about the. Uh, this is where I'm sure we get lost on the details, but um, you know, the, the amount of how hard you're working, how long you're working, what your food was ahead of time, all those kinds of things. And I, you know, then like when you're talking about with your training, your athletes, you've got to take all that into account. Right. And train them for yeah. their events, basically. I mean, the high jump that I'm training kids for is, is a six second event at most, four or five second approach, boom, up and here, down. Right. So that's exactly it's one of the shortest things you can think of. A lot of track events are like that until you get into the races. Um, you know, basketball and football are intermittent bursts. You know, football, mm-hmm. you have a heavy duty burst for 10 seconds or less, and then you, you get to rest you know, basketball keeps going quite a bit unless they call a timeout. Soccer, those guys run around like crazy. Oh, so yeah. That's that's so interesting. Uh, this this opens up tons of stuff for us to talk about. Um, Let's see, how are we doing? I, I had this list of things I wanted to ask you. You said you're, you're a girlfriend of the last few years. You guys married, not married, working towards No, that? not yet, not okay. yet. <laughs> um, it's,
1: it's, it, we're going on almost three years, so it's, okay. uh, you know. It's moving that way. A good partnership. Awesome. Yeah.
0: And then uh, did you guys meet at uh, wh- way back in the day? Is she a high school sweetheart or anything like that? Or is this more recent?
1: No, it's, it's actually more recent. So we, little did we know, we grew up, our hometowns were, I don't know, probably 20 miles apart. But we ended up meeting after 2018 when I got back from my season. She had went to uh, Concordia in Chicago to play basketball. So okay. she was still living in Chicago and she, what do you know, we, we met <laughs> over Instagram. Like I was just talking right. about Instagram is <laughs> a hot spot. And right. then we just kind of struck up a conversation and, you know, it led to, <clears throat> excuse me, led to phone calls and then it led to us visiting each other. And um, yeah. And then she still had family back in Michigan and she'd been wanting to move back. So we were long distance for about a year and then she, she moved back to Michigan and then now we're out here and loving awesome. life. Awesome.
0: That's amazing. Well, listen, um, I know you're a, a busy man and, uh, we've been talking for, we're getting close to an hour. Um, and we can edit this, you know, later on as much as we want, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I, I get tons of questions that pop into my head. The the one last thing I wanted to mention was something that, that you brought up to me the first time that we talked. Um, uh, my wife was driving the car when Aaron called me and, uh, we were talking about uh, a book that you uh, had read that was talking about the different, three different types. It was it triphasic. It was triphasic. Yes. Training, right? yes. So, triphasic triphasic training. Training. so for, for those of you out there listening to the podcast, uh, triphasic, uh, if I'm getting it right, mentioned, um, eccentric, concentric and isometric contractions. Is that right? correct? Correct. And a way to use all of those. Now, what, what I was taught, and Aaron and I already talked about this when I was at UCLA. They, they had mentioned to me early that isometrics really had no place in athletic lifting, as I remember. They were just like, no, no, yeah. You know, if you're if you're straining, you're just holding a, a a weight, and you're not moving, it's not really giving you any benefit because your muscle's not shortening, it's not lengthening. You're not you know you're not training it to be any faster. Blah blah blah. And so everything at that point was a a lot of it was about uh, concentric. Um, And here you guys out there, you may or may not know, concentric is considered when you're moving, is it against gravity? You're fighting against gravity, basically. So if you're doing a squat and you're pushing up, you know, to lift the weight, that would be against gravity. If you're doing a curl, you know, you're holding your arms down and and the weight's hanging below you and you curl your arms up, you're fighting gravity. Now, if I hold my arms up and I let the weight drop, then my muscles are moving the other way. And so that's a different type of contraction you would call. Is it, is it eccentric when I'm resisting?
1: Yes. The, mu- the muscles lengthening. lengthening.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. So the, there's active shortening, active lengthening. And then the isometric is the one where it's technically, I guess, it's active. Not it harmonic. just has. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it just, it's just holding anything.
1: the tension, holding I still the tension. same
0: length, right? So same tension, exactly. but no length. So yep. again, Aaron mentioned that he had done some stuff in his training that I I'll just let you explain it. The stuff that come up about isometric, which I found really fascinating.
1: Yeah. So when, like you said, you want to talk about the three phases of movement. It doesn't matter what you're doing. These three phases of movement are always there. There's always your, like you just mentioned the eccentric lowering, there is your transition phase, which is the isometric phase, uh, the transition between lowering and lifting, whatever you want to call it, and then your concentric phase. Now, when you break these three apart and you train them in individual phases, uh, you get really reactive in each phase. I guess is w- what you could say. But yeah, you know, I use a lot. Of, I use a lot of analogies. So it, let's say you have a a spring that's really loose and it's a it's a loose old spring so when you go to compress that spring it doesn't absorb force very well it just kind of collapses right right so the 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 main focus of the eccentric phase is learning teaching your body how to absorb that force store that force uh, and then be able to turn it around and you know be explosive right so our muscles are the same way like that spring so if if you ever like I told you, if you, I could just watch somebody do like a depth jump, maybe just jump off of a stool or land from a normal jump. And I'm going to be able to tell how explosive they are because if they can't land softly and smoothly and absorb, that means that they're not going to be able to turn around, store and absorb that force and create it. Right. If you can't store the force, you can't create it. Right. Right. Um, so that that's where the eccentric comes into play. Now the isometric phase is, uh, you want to have an efficient and effective transition between those two phases. So, um, like if you bounce a bouncy ball off a of cement, it has a very clean transition because it has that sticking point. Right. Any jumper, you'll know that sticking point is about a quarter squat or so you right. don't go to a 90 degree squat to jump. You hit that yeah. quarter squat sticking point. And then the elite jumpers, you'll notice if you, whether you watch it in slow mo, you watch it in person, that point, that sticking point is so, concrete and fast they don't waste any energy right now if you let's say let's say you were watching more of a novice jumper you'll see that when they go there's not like a clean um it's not like a clean change of direction it's like a slowly absorbing and then changing direction so uh that's where training the isometric phase comes in okay and then obviously you have the concentric the lifting phase where you're just being all out reactive it's it's really like anything in life if you want to be a better sprinter you don't just run sprints well, what do you do you break down the mechanics you do your A skips you do your B skips you work right. on your knee drive you work on your cycling right. so by the time you bring all of those uh, facets back together now you have a more well-oiled, well-oiled machine so okay. it's the same it's the same thing with movement really
0: wow so how do you how do you separate those i mean if you're talking about doing each phase individually would would that mean that i just basically just work uh an eccentric squat and in a workout yeah. pick something up and just resist 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 and then stop and get out of it or do I go ahead and work the isometric at that point hold it and then I mean it seems like you'd run out of energy trying to do all three at the same time so
1: yeah so that that's the thing you wouldn't do them all three at the same same time you would break them up now this is where it's going to get into uh you know individualized in your programming but let's say typically uh, you have a 12 week program Okay. Mm-hmm. The first four weeks, the focus is going to be on eccentric. So we're just going to take a back squat and use it as an right. example for all three phases. Right. So, uh, your, your eccentric phase, your first four weeks, you're going to be focusing on, you know, the time spent lowering. Right. Okay. 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 Now, typically as you, as you increase the sets throughout that four weeks. Okay. So let's say week one, you're doing five sets of four reps per se. Okay. Okay. And then let's say you're going to take four seconds to lower on every single rep. When you get to the bottom, you're going to hit it and explode up.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: As you progress through that four week phase. So the next week we're going to increase, uh, we're going to decrease the amount of reps you do, but we're going to increase the amount of time spent lowering. So now let's say, yeah. So now let's say we're doing five sets, but of only three reps. And now instead of four seconds lowering, we're doing five seconds lowering on each rep. Okay. So you see, we're, we're kind of like hitting this peak. Now let's go one more with it. The next week we go six sets of two reps. Okay. But you're taking six seconds to lower on each, on each rep. Okay. Okay. And then the fourth week is always a deload week where you go back to no tempo. Okay. And you're just maybe hitting five sets of five, 50%, just getting your central nervous system to you know, because you don't want to, you wouldn't want to hit only eccentrics for 12 weeks because it, right. it would kind of slow your body down, right? Okay, so you're going to transition.
0: Now, the. Are you saying the fourth week is a transition between the eccentric and the next?
1: The, the that... fourth week, we could we'll just call it a reactive phase where there's no tempo, so you're just okay. doing like a lighter weight and you're moving it as fast as you can, getting the 90, coming back up, getting the 90, coming back up. Okay, so let's take that same set and rep scheme and apply it to isometrics. So now you had your deload week your fourth week, you're feeling fresh. You're moving into your isometric week. Okay. The isometric week is very, very taxing on your central nervous system because it takes a lot of focus. um, and you got to hold these bottom positions. So, so now let's say we're back to five sets of four and we're doing a four second hold at 90 degrees of the squat. So now you're going to, you're not going to do an eccentric to lower into that isometric. You're going to drop right to the bottom. Right. Okay. So you're not, you're not loading yourself up with a ton of weight here, maybe 80% or so of your max. Okay. okay? Right. So boom, five sets of four, you drop into, you drop into your reps, you hold for four seconds, and then you don't bob your butt to come up. You just, from that 90 degrees, you explode up. Right. Okay. Now moving into week two, and now we're going to do a longer isometric hold with less reps week right. three, six sets of two, but now you hold right. the bottom of the squat for six seconds and wow. exploding up. Okay. okay. So by the time you do that, you're going to start to notice that's when you really start to notice the changes is in the isometric phase because nobody ever focuses on it. And it's the transition. It's the sticking point. So now you're in your isometric and and also you want to pair these lifts with an explosive plyometric. So that way you're, as soon as you do the isometric phase, you know, maybe you hit some, you name it, whatever plyometric you want. So that way your central nervous system is pairing it and it's putting it together like okay, I just practice the sticking point. Now let me apply it to my sticking point in my, my plyos. Okay. So that's where it do, gets, that's yeah. where it gets individualized and customized, but that's the main concept of it. And then obviously your last four weeks is going to be where you're trying to peak. So you're moving that weight as efficiently and as fast as possible, drop to 90, come out of it.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So that's, that would be quote unquote, the more traditional the last the last phase is something we all be more familiar yes. with right Where yeah you're just doing regular not really put explosive squats but you're not you're not emphasizing either the eccentric or the isometric and uh, it sounds to me like um those are the missing parts of the training because I remember you know we we were told to take it down a little bit slow but not not horribly slowly you know and I mm-hmm. remember uh learning later from a guy um that once i'd gotten out of ucla who was who was a proponent of really slow reps you know and uh, the, he, he had told me that you know like if you do a heavy a bench press and you've got like a say 200 pounds and you push it up really fast like if you're strong enough to explode it he goes mm-hmm. most of the work was done here because the weight is already coasting now like once you give it that huge jolt it's already moving so out at the farther ranges you're not having to work as much. And he said that it takes a lot more strength to take that weight and move it slower all the way through that range of motion. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense to me. You know, and that's a, a slower moving concentric phase. Whereas, you know, another part that was usually skipped, uh, you know, and they, they taught us this early at UCLA and in, in, in kinesiology was most people, you know, cause you watching some of the old, I, I remember friends doing this in high school, you know, when they were trying to max, they would drop the weight and almost yep. bounce it off their chest, like, bound like this. Yeah. Like, well, that doesn't take any strength and you can crack your ribs or your sternum. <laughs> or <whatever." Right>? so <laughs> that too. Like, yeah. You know, a slow, slow down touch and then bring it back up. You know, they, they said, well, you need to work. And I've trained this way forever with my kids. I'm like, hey, we need to work in both directions. So don't just let the weight drop, you know, control, mm-hmm. it, control it, control it, control it, explode it back up but we're adding here in this, it sounds to me like an even higher uh, emphasis on the eccentric, you know, like you said, stretching that, the drop time, basically from Mm -hmm. four to five to six seconds. And then even more so the the turnaround, I find that so interesting that the isometric is the part. And you told me that, you said that the isometric is where you made your most gains, both in your vertical and your 40 time on both. Do you think it, was it directly measurable? Um,
1: the, the vertical for sure. Uh, you know, who, who knows if it was, you know, I'd like to think all three contributed, but what, as a jumper, I just know I've always been cognizant of that sticking point. So when right. I, and, and you can even do isometrics just to your sticking point. Like you could just work on being in a, a squat rack, drop into a quarter squat and being very specific with, with what, right. what range of motion you drop to even that. Right. But yeah, uh, I, I think, like you said, the, the eccentric and the isometric are the most skipped in training. And especially, you know, back in the day, like it, it wasn't even a thing. Right. So right. It, it just makes sense that you would increase your capacity to store energy. Right. Just like a rubber band, you want, I mean, it needs to store the energy to right. be able to snap it out. So our muscles. Okay. i well, to that. But I, I would, I, on a, sorry, I just had a quick point on the um, lifting slow, on uh-huh. the lifting phase. I don't necessarily believe in that because then you're kind of teaching your central nervous system bad habits, right? Depending on what you're doing. Now, would de- you, wouldn't definitely, want to come, yeah. you wouldn't want to come out of a squat at a snail's speed because then your central nervous system is remembering that and saying, right. okay, well, now when I go to jump, I'm going to come up slow instead of, right. you know, yeah. boom, hitting it coming up. But uh, bodybuilders body body train that way because of time under tension. They just want their muscles to be under tension and right. get swole, get big.
0: Right. I I understand what you're saying. And it's an important distinction because, uh, you know, what we're talking about here, this sticking point in the jump. um, And I I often explain it to my kids when we're jumping, uh, doing any kind of plyometrics. I said, hey, get off the ground. Like when you load up, you know, if you're doing this part where you're like here, a lot of them will be like this. They'll just go. About that speed. You know, I'm like, yes, you should, you should be like this. You should blur going down. I go, cause the faster you stretch that muscle, the more energy is stored in it that you can release. But I, and I said, and you got to go <laughs> like when you do the fast yeah. load, you got to turn around and go, because if you load fast and hesitate, it's lost. You get diminishing return, you know, the longer that you wait. So I, I yeah, teach leaking. Like, right. Yeah. So that's I, I like that because you brought up the point about linking it to the plyometrics, which, you know, I was always taught too that that the plyometrics is the, the link between the weight room and actual performance. Right. That's why they got so popular yeah. because, you know, lifting weights, squatting is not like jumping. It's just squatting and making your legs stronger, you know, but it is and it isn't. But, you know, when, when we're doing it. I'm, I'm, we've got so much more to talk about on these subjects. We have to do this again. Um, you know, I've, I've been trying to get um, more information on doing uh, starting with two legs and moving to single leg lifts. I'm starting to see a lot more one-legged deadlifts, you know, uh, RDLs, LDLs, um, you know, even one-legged squats, the Bulgarian pistol squats. Right. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at that stuff going, well, that's more specific in a lot of ways. Now, if I'm a volleyball player and I'm going to jump up off two legs, then, you know, squats and cleans and all those are still desirable to do a lot more, probably off two legs, unless you got a middle setter guy that can run and jump off one. You know, you see that every once in a while now, uh, basketball, you know, some guys dunk better off two, some off one, you know, the high jumps, very specific high, long, and triple, you have Mm -hmm. to jump off one leg. Right. So that is just, there's so many things to talk about. Well,
1: um, there is. There, there really is.
0: Aaron, I, I'm gonna let you go because if I, if I keep going, I'll end up getting divorced and uh, <laughs> just too much time spent. But uh, I would love to do this again, dude. Um, there's so much here. Um, this, this training that you're doing. Uh, I love the fact that you are, um, you know, reading anything and everything applying, uh, next time, remind me, I want to talk about the knees over toes guy. I don't know if you've been reading yeah. his stuff. I find that really, really interesting. Um, I have a, a trainer that I work with. Who's a, you know, doctor of chiropractic, you know, which a lot of people are, become leery of right away, but he's got a, a sports medicine, you know, background. And he's just does not like, you know, the full range of motion and all that stuff. And, and he's like, yeah, well, let me see this guy in 10 years, you know, and I, you know, I know he's only 28 now and, and this and that and I'm like, okay, you know, but the story is amazing and I watch his stuff he's been real aggressive and, you know, there's all kinds of things in there and, and I've already stolen quite a few things, you know, from it, I'm sure you've taken a few things out of that as well so I have. that's something we can can go over with a finer tooth comb.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, w- I would love to i could spend the i could spend the whole time talking about the training and the specifics of that uh yeah
0: well maybe we can do that one time too we we kind of got both of our own stories in there i think we got a little bit of yours and more of yours in mine. but i i'd rather much rather have this podcast which uh i'm gonna ask you to think of a name <laughs> i, I have <laughs> okay. a name for my podcast um you know the the sky high and fly jumps camps was just uh like a quick, you know, I was going to start this training business and I, you know, you need a fictitious business name. I'm like, uh, and I just, it popped into my head and you know, okay. But, um, I'm thinking, you know, something snappy, something catchy. Um, as Tom Hanks. I don't know. I like,
1: the, I like the sky high and fly. I, I, yeah? I think it, yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it kind of encompasses everything you're wanting to do, man. And it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's got a good rhyme to it.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Um, on the, the shameless plug front, just in case I can get this out. I I don't think it's going to happen this fast, but uh, we'll have to post date it, but uh, got the Arcadia invitational coming up this week at uh, it's one of the biggest meets that they have in California. It was shut down last year because of the pandemic. And of course, so was everything last year, this year uh, they closed down our state meet already, but they're going to give us CIF finals. And then this is actually one of the few invitationals that's going to go off. And it's, it's a big show. Takes some, uh, some decent marks to get there, and uh, I'm I'm proud to have seven athletes that I've trained that are going to be there this week. Um, you know, all, seven different high jumpers, and uh, nice. from all over, which is great. And these kids are hardworking and and amazing. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to see it <laughs> because we're <they're laughs> still not letting anybody in. Um, some yeah. of the coaches may get in. I think I've got one pass where I can see one of my kids in the morning at 10 30 and then everybody else, they all go to different schools. So it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able, you know, get to coach them. But anyway, that's the shameless plug side. Um, Aaron, uh, there's so many more things I want to talk about. So we'll definitely do this again, if you're interested in doing so. And uh, absolutely, man, we'll find a way to, uh, uh, keep those other things in mind. I, I, want to talk, uh, you know, how to produce these great athletes. I think, um, you know, your, it's your approach and mine. One of the reasons why I think we, we get along is we both did the same things in a lot of ways, the experimenting on ourselves. Uh, you were mentioning, um, some other things I'm sure you're talking about doing, uh, doubling up your workouts. Uh, I learned, I keep trying to teach my kids to get into ice baths. You're talking about, you know, icing your knees. And, yeah. You know, I didn't learn about ice baths for recovery until I was out of college. And I wished I'd have known it when I was in high school, you know, for the two-day state meet. That would have been wonderful because I would gladly, yeah, I would gladly go back <laughs> in the time machine and sit in a tub full of ice <laughs> Because the night I jumped six, eight at the state finals, the first night, and I came back the next day and I had nothing. I could not oh, get man. off the ground. I was too heavy. You know, I was a power guy. So the first night I was good. And the second night, all those skinny guys just, they would, they were unaffected by the, you know, the first night and I was just done. <laughs> so right. I would love to go back and, and uh, recreate time. There. <laughs>
1: all
0: right, sir. Hey, it's getting late. Your time out there. I appreciate, um, for those of you again, on, on this first, uh, sky high and fly podcast, uh, I was talking with Aaron. It's say your last name again. I'm going to screw it up. Washa, Washa, not wax yeah. on. I keep wanting to say wax on, yeah. and wax on because, of, because of your uh, site, Aaron Washa, the, um, he's playing football right now. Are you, are you signed up and ready to go again this next season? Do they have you ready to come back?
1: Yeah, like uh, I have this this workout coming up. So the AFL actually—that's another story. But it folded after the 2019 season, uh, which, but that was that was even before COVID. But right. yeah, so I, I was I was done with the league anyway. Like I said, it was a stepping stone. I knew I can't stay too long in this league. So it's either it's NFL or CFL this year. That's, okay, uh, I've got that workout coming up. And now, yeah, hey, who's gonna uh, be
0: at that workout? Is that a workout just for like all kinds of people, like yourself, that scouts can come look yeah. at? Yeah.
1: It's, it's run by uh, basically a company that's contracted by the NFL or they, they have an affiliation. so there'll be some there'll be some NFL Scouts there. There's not going to be like one from every team but right right I gotta go I gotta go and I gotta show out. so I, I got to put up numbers and so you've been that's, training. I mean, that's what I trained for. You're yeah pretty,
0: you're pretty sharp right now. What's your 40 time down to?
1: I would say my 40 is just right under a four or five so maybe a high uh, maybe a 448 around that around there. I'm hoping if you can, crack, if you can crack the four fours, you open up, you open up some eyes. So I've done it before. Right. So I do it again. And then obviously my broad jump, my vertical leap, that'll all be where it needs to be. So, right.
0: Do they do any yeah. weight training stuff with you guys too? Do you still do? I know the linemen do the like 200 pound bench, you know, repeats and all that. Do they do anything like that
1: with you guys? uh no not really because they're like this company they're traveling around so they're not taking the equipment with them they just take the the bare basics Uh, but obviously your nf your nfl like the combine combine, yeah they're still doing that yeah okay all right
0: well hey aaron uh when that's coming up in when may we want to check back in
1: may 22nd may 22nd
0: and that's where are they holding that
1: it's in Houston. I don't know. Oh, they haven't right. released the Houston, actual yet. the actual stadium yet. But they typically just find a, a nice high school stadium with turf. Yeah. And yeah. They do it there. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, man, I want to make a trip out to Houston and watch you. Um. <laughs> we'll we'll definitely talk either again before that or or right after it and see how everything went. And uh, you know maybe we can, we should get somebody shooting some video of you or something. <laughs>
1: Sounds man, good, man. Yeah. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to try. I think it'll be recorded. So yeah, I should be able to get that footage.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Hey, I'm, I'm your biggest fan officially uh, and uh, want to hear back. So I uh, appreciate your time, uh, your willingness to share your, your training secrets, you know, all these things that are are part of a, you know, the big uh, thing. I, I know we talked about your 12 week training cycles and all that. These are things that Aaron, you know, is, uh, part of his business, you know, that he does mm-hmm. online. So, um, more shameless plugs and we'll do some more of those in the future. All right, Aaron, I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on Troy. It was an honor, man. Hey, anytime. All right, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have Yep. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. All right. Bye.